Hello, this is the Unexpected Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Brooks. I'm a speech language pathologist who found herself unexpectedly expecting. Tune in as I update you week by week along my pregnancy journey. Episodes will also feature chats with new and expecting moms. So let's get into it. This is 33 Weeks Pregnant. I'm feeling really good. Uh, The baby's definitely moving around a lot less now. Um, I still feel him a lot, but I think because he's much bigger that there is not a ton of room to be doing all of the activities that he was doing before. Um, I have a lot of um, heartburn. So it's not that easy to eat. Uh, Sometimes I worry that I'm not eating enough and that that could be a problem, but it's not. You know, you can't just be thinking everything is a problem. I'm sure it's fine. There are people who have very little means and they cannot have, you know, several full meals a day and they give birth to perfectly fine children. So I think that I just want to stop focusing on the what if this is not a good enough approach sort of mentality and just be cool. Um, Before I talk more about myself, let's hear what Baby Center has to say about 33 weeks pregnant. At 33 weeks, your baby is the size of a pineapple. The bones in your baby skull aren't fused together, which allows them to move and slightly overlap, making it easier for them to fit through the birth canal. The pressure on the head during birth is so intense that many babies are born with a cone head-like appearance. These baby, these bones don't entirely fuse until early adulthood, so they can grow as the brain and other tissue expands during infancy and childhood. Your baby is rapidly losing that wrinkled alien look and in their skin is less red and transparent. They are becoming soft and smooth as they plump up in preparation for birth. It's getting snug in your womb, so your baby isn't doing as many somersaults, but the amount of kicking should remain about the same. So yeah, I still feel the kicking and the pressure. I mostly feel like he's trying to kick his way out. I could feel he's kicking on one side and his butt is pushing through the other side, um, which is, uh, you know, I just like to feel him moving around. So that's fine with me. It's sometimes a little bit uncomfortable, but for the most part, I'm happy to feel him. Uh, Today, we are talking with another comedian, Miss Julia Rossi, about her experience with pregnancy, labor, delivery, and parenthood. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Unexpected Podcast. Today, I am joined by comedian Julia Rossi. Hi, Julia. Hello. So Julia's got two podcasts that you definitely should check out. Um, Should I Get Bangs? And this is um, Julia and your sister, right? Is that correct? Yeah, she's she's a special guest occasionally. She's a therapist. Right. So then you just, you kind of answer people's questions about whether they should make life changes. Well, that- that is going to be a special episode, but right now it's okay. um, guests coming on, often comedians, but different guests coming on and sharing stories about breakdowns and breakthroughs. Okay. And then um, sometimes my sister comes on at the end and sort of gives mental health oh. insight based on the episode. Nice. Okay. So yeah. like 
a summary sort of like kind of yeah like- so like you know if we talked about I don't know medication or in the podcast she might come and give you know thoughts on that or whatever interesting and then she has another podcast um called hopefully we don't break up and actually Mike and I were on this podcast um a couple years ago uh, as boyfriend and girlfriend. So if you're interested in that episode, we got some interesting feedback because Mike and I had crazy <laughs> stories. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of uh, fun episodes. I binged your Hopefully We Don't Break Up podcast. Oh, um, you did? Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, when around the time that I had done it because I wanted to be prepared. <laughs> but I found it all very interesting. So nice. Yeah. So how are you doing, Julia? I'm good. You know, it's funny because your po- your podcast is about pregnancy and hopefully you don't break up. Is a he- I want to actually credit it partially for getting pregnant oh. in a very strange way because there was a few episodes toward the end where we either had people on, I think, who had kids or chose not to have kids. And I started more expressing my like fears and all that kind of stuff. And then... um a friend of mine called me who had gone through IVF and had like a pretty hard time. I mean, IVF sounds like it's hard for everyone from what I I know. And, uh, she called me and she was like, Hey, maybe I'm completely out of line, but I've been listening to you talk about your fears and hopefully don't break up. First of all, you'll be a great mom. So like, don't, don't let that stop you, but also please try soon. So you don't have to do IVF. Like I did. I mean, I know you can do IVF no matter what age you are, but like that was sort of her, if you can kind of try to do it while you're somewhat, you know, not in the, it's super hard age wise. Um, so I was like, okay. And then, like I said that to my husband and then we're like, all right. And then we just started having sex (laughs) unprotected. And I really credit me saying it on the podcast and my friend calling me and being like, I'm crossing a line. I'm like, nope, totally cool. Nice. I appreciate it. <laughs> so this was a, this is a planned pregnancy. Uh, yes. Yeah. We sort of had the, we had the attitude of if it happens great. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, we'll figure something else out or, you know, right. whatever. Um, so yeah, it was planned, but I didn't do like hard. I didn't do chart like Right. Like ovulations and you were just like, let's just have sex different. Yeah. I was seeing a <laughs> chiropractor who, uh, who did do some, like who fucked me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I did see a chiropractor <laughs> and that who, worked. Yeah, uh, who did like work on my ovaries and like oh. released trauma and all this stuff. And he said he has a huge percentage rate of helping women get pregnant. So mm. yeah. Wait, was yours unexpected? Oh yeah. Like I was, well, I mean like I guess we just got like a little haphazard midsummer. Mike's got a new joke about how like there's nothing to do in quarantine except bake bread and come and your wife. Uh-huh. So <laughs> I guess like that's what happened. But I mean, totally happy about it. But I was very surprised. Did you um, want, did you guys talk about having kids? I, I think throughout our whole relationship. Yeah. But like a future thing. Um, yeah. I'm glad it happened though. Cause I, I don't know how you had that conversation or where it starts or, and it's just nice that it just like, you didn't, ha- I didn't have to decide. And yeah. Um, but yeah. So although it was unexpected, I mean, I know science, so yeah, it does make sense. <laughs> so I still like to cover things that are unexpected along the way. Yeah. 
Yeah. So how was your pregnancy? Pregnancy wasn't bad. I mean, people say with girls that it's like vomit central and no, I, I was like a little, um, but are you having a boy? Do you know? If you're having a boy yeah, I'm having a boy. Okay, nice. Um, so I, no, I mean, first, first trimester, you know, I, I was really tired, mm-hmm. was very tired, but I wasn't super nauseous. Like I would get nauseous here and there, but it was mostly just being really tired. Second mm-hmm. trimester was great. Mm-hmm. Like that was when, you know, I'm starting to pop. I look cute. The part that sucked was that the pandemic started. So mm-hmm. like nobody really got to see me in the prime of like thick hair and glowing skin. Like, right. I didn't get the compliments, you know, like yeah. it wasn't, I didn't get, I had all these like fantasies about, you know, like flaunting around and like my mater, like my moos, and, you yeah. know, it was, so it was a lot of like, yeah, that part boohoo. But, um, and also my family didn't get to see me big and pregnant. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I told them, I told them I was pregnant. I think like when I was a month and a half or something, cause we were home for Christmas, mm-hmm. but I, I wasn't showing then. So they right. never got, so it almost feels like I had a fake pregnancy, like, a. a yeah, no, I understand. Cause that's what my wedding, like, I mean, yeah. we still had, we had like a pandemic wedding and pandemic pregnancy. So like nothing was outside. I didn't start off in normalcy. Yeah, exactly. So and I then, and then third trimester, it was back to being not as as first trimester, but I was tired. And that's when like my body started to, you know, like I couldn't sleep. I didn't know how to sleep. Every mm-hmm. position was uncomfortable. Um, I would mostly just take baths all the time. Cause again, it was quarantine. I had nothing to do. And also it was like the only thing that like calmed me, you know, cause I didn't really have any. Yeah. Like, I take devices. a lot of baths for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. I just got a pillow and a table, but now my belly hits the table, especially if he kicks uh-huh. Then like my table gets knocked. So <laughs> that'll have to wait until after he's, yeah. gone, he's out. Um, but yeah, so I always, I tried to add this new, new part of the podcast. I've been bad. So like, is there, what is the thing that you did during pregnancy that you're like not supposed to do? And I had goat cheese and burrata this week. Like I had two soft cheeses that I'm not positive I'm allowed to have. (laughs) Yeah. Um, gosh, I don't even remember if there was anything like bad. Oh, I mean, so I took longer baths than they had suggested, but I already said that on another episode. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, I guess that was, I'm trying to think of what else, uh, there's, I have coffee, but I only have like one cup, so I don't count that. Oh yeah. I had a cup of coffee every day, Mm -hmm. which I don't consider the reason why it's hard for me to say what I did that was bad is because so much of it, other than like raw fish, right. Sort of just opinions. Yes. Yes. I read what I was expecting better, expecting better. Did you read that book? No. Um, it's all based on like the data behind all the recommendations. Okay. And there's like not a ton. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. The coffee study also had moms who used cocaine as well. So like maybe it was the cocaine. Jesus. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very big difference. I know. Right. And that's like the main article that they cite, but yeah, crazy. So then how was, um, so 
I'm in a couple Facebook groups and uh, people talk about their birth plan. And then everyone I talk to who's had their baby, another thing happened. So did you have a birth plan? Did things go according to plan? What was unexpected? Um, I mean, again, the pandemic made everything unexpected. Right. And, you know, as far when as when was plan- your baby born? July. July. So you were. Yeah, it was it was months. peak pan. Yeah, because it, it was we I mean, we were worried that my husband wasn't going to be allowed in the room. It was that right. time, but he was I did have to wear a mask the whole time. Oh, dear. Okay. Um, except when the nurses left the room. But uh, mm-hmm. I mean, my plan and this is without the pandemic, too, was really just for me to be healthy and the baby to be healthy. And I feel mm-hmm. like that is, and that was advice my friend gave me. Cause I think what happens a lot of times is, you know, cause I, before years ago, you know, I was like, Oh, maybe I'll be one of those, like all natural births and all this stuff. And, and then I mean, first of all, my doctor warned against it just because she was like, well, it's the pandemic. So if you attempt a home birth, which I'm so glad I didn't No, mm-hmm. I mean, God bless to anyone who does. Uh, she's like to get an ambulance, Right. If something happened. I'm also a little older. Like it was just a lot of warnings not to, but I did have somebody, it is annoying though. Like sometimes somebody will say to you, oh, you're, but you're strong enough to do it naturally. And I'm like, oh, I don't, it's not that I don't think I'm not strong. Yeah. I don't know that I want to. So right. my plan was go to the hospital and then kind of step-by-step decide what I wanted for drugs. Mm-hmm. But I ended up getting induced. So uh, were almost, you late? Is that why? Or was no, I was, okay. it was two, almost two weeks early. Okay. Um, because her heartbeat was just like a little bit off mm-hmm. and just as a precaution, they wanted her out. Okay. Um, and I ended up taking all the drugs, including fentanyl. Oh, which okay. when I heard that that was one of the things they give pregnant women, I was like, no fucking way. But cause the induction, the, the induction they had to do multiple things. Sometimes it's just one thing and it's like one and done. Right. They had to do like three different things to me. And two of them were absolutely excruciating. Oh dear. Like what were those? Um, one is, and I, I don't remember any of the medical terms, but one of them I wish I remember what it was called, but they, they describe it as they're like, now we're going to put this thin, it's almost like a tampon string in your vagina. It doesn't hurt. And then they have to remove it. It's like a strip of medication, basically okay. they insert into your uterus. Okay. And they're right. It didn't hurt going in, but I don't know, like there's some kind of chemical process that when they're pulling it out, the met it, I I've never felt pain like that in my life. Oh it was, dear. It, it was, I will, I will remember what it was called and I'll email it to you, but, okay. um, it was, I mean, I got over it. Well, but I mean, what, it happened and you described it just fine. So I'll be like the string thing. If yeah. The string, the string thing. thing that's and then I also had to get the balloon. Okay. I've heard of the balloon. It's like string balloon. Okay. Yep. The string is the worst. The <laughs> balloon was also not great, but uh-huh. I think I had more drugs at that point. And then, (laughs) and then were you like on this planet though? Like, what were you like cognitively or, uh, for a good portion of it, not for delivery. I was on this planet. I was numb because I had an epidural, Mm -hmm. but for the almost 48 hours of labor, I went in and out of this planet because not only did I have (laughs) drugs, but I also only slept, I think right. four 
hours total Mm -hmm. over two days. So it was like delirious drugs, excitement, you know, all the stuff. Um, so, and then my daughter, um, so then during the induction, this is why I wish I paid attention during the, uh, class. Cause I didn't pay attention to the induction part. I was like, whatever. Like right. I just didn't, I mean, also it was over zoom. The class was over zoom. So it's like, I was like looking at my phone. Um, and I, so then they, they broke my water. They broke it too soon. They had to refill my water that caused me to get an infection. The infection caused me to get a fever. Fever caused my daughter's temperature to drop and her sugar was a little low, nothing super like dangerous, but enough that she had to go to the NICU. Mm -hmm. So then we thought we were going to go home. You know, I thought I was going to be there for two days total. And we ended up being there for almost a week. Wow. Um, and then it was, we got released on our wedding anniversary. Oh. And I was like, please let us leave. Cause like she was fine, but it was just, it, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to go to the NICU. Even if your child isn't, it's just like a sad environment, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so no, nothing went according to plan. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> was that a very long know. answer? You no, know, I mean, it's very detailed and informative. So I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so how did you feel just after giving birth? Uh, like how long did it take you to feel physically capable to like walk or lift or carry? Um, I was at the hospital for like the first three days. It was definitely wheelchair cause you're sore and this and that. And then, I mean, when we got home, I was you know, I guess it was a week later, but a little bit before that, I mean, I, I mean, I could like lift her and everything. So okay. I was, so people I didn't was, have to hand her to you all the time. You could, no, no, no. Okay. I, I could, I could lift her and stuff. I was exhausted. Um, but I would, but it was definitely six weeks. I had a vaginal birth. So it was six weeks of like, you know, healing and not the bleeding is wow. Right. I've seen <laughs> the pads. It's a, it gets, I'm sure people have already told you this at the hospital. There's like these, like, um, oh, they're like mesh underwear. Mm -hmm. Take all of, they'll give you all of them. Take everything they give you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Good to know. (laughs) Um, so I am aware that like sleep is not a part of parenthood. Um, but, and people love telling me this all the time. So what was yours and baby's sleep like in the beginning? And then how did that progress to now? Um, I can't believe I'm going to say that a lot of it is a blur. Cause when, cause mm-hmm. I was asking people this question and I was like, how can you not remember? It was just last year, but I get, I get it now. Uh, it is, I mean, it, it was hard, but it was manageable. Cause I think you're running off of adrenaline Right. And you're, I'm also like excited to see her and I want you know, so it is right. like a very, I, and I'm somebody who needs a lot of sleep. I'm like an eight hour a night person. Mm-hmm. Um, we, after a month of having her home, we bought this or we rented this thing called the snoo. Has anyone so talked I have about a snoo. Good to know. You do. Yes. Oh, good. Okay. Yes. Very I got a helpful. free one and it's older. It's like, and past warranty and it squeaks a little, but <laughs> That's okay. It'll okay. do the job. Uh, that was really helpful. And, you know, my husband and I, and we're still really good at this. Like we really, again, I think pandemic helped because we were both home. So we both really shared the load of like, I mean, I would say naps were the thing that I found the most tricky because um, 
some kids nap a lot, some kids nap short, like it, you know, you, you hear where people are like, yeah, my kid naps for like two hours and I get so much done. And like my daughter, you know, off the bat was like a 20 minute napper. She's getting better now. She's like a 45 to an hour now, but mm-hmm. the beginning it was short. So, uh, gosh, I guess I'm not even answering your question. Yeah. I was tired, but like, luckily I had no schedule. Yeah. Right. That's what it seems to be like the benefit of the, the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's like, what else? And then I'm going to be, I've been working virtually, but it's like, I'll be done with that once I have the baby. And it's like, what else do I have to do? So I'm not like <laughs> worried um, about that part, but people love to tell me like, oh, we'll sleep now. Cause you're never going to sleep again. But that part, people said that to me too. And I'm like, but you can't bank sleep. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, would say, I would say like, take advantage of the thing that, you know, when she goes to sleep at night now, I run to the sofa to lay down Mm -hmm. and like, I'll lay on the sofa with her sometimes too. And like, you know, it's not ideal, I guess, to have the TV on a lot, but like, whatever. Um, I grew up with TV and I'm very happy with myself. Me too. Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) but that, that way, I I don't know if I would say like, you know, stock up on sleep, but I would stock up on like laying on the sofa and watching mindless shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Um, so then did you do, so she's eight months now. She, uh, almost eight months. Almost yeah. eight months. So did you do any sort of sleep strategy? I mean, the snoo you're done with at like six months, right. Or five, depending upon how much. Yeah. Yeah. We, I think we started transitioning her out around five months. She's still fitting it. She's, she's not like a big baby. Um, but we just wanted to have our room back. Right. You know, cause it, it is kind of annoying to feel like you have to tiptoe and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we, <laughs> you know, the amount of time I spent, and I did this too, with a lot of stuff for pregnancy, I spent so much time Googling and like asking people instead of just trying it and then taking it from there, like with mm-hmm. sleep training. So it just was a matter of me and my husband having conversation of like, all right, how long, like, so for us, we decided she would, we would let her cry for no more than five minutes right? before one of us would just go in there and like put a hand on her chest, like sing to her, whatever. She got into a groove of it after just like a couple days. Okay. That's you know, good. like, like she would wake up during the night and, you know, and she still does like, we'll have to go in and give her a pacifier or like give her a bottle or whatever. But, um, it, thinking about it and reading about it was a lot more stressful than doing it Mm -hmm. but you definitely need to like decide with your your partner right yeah what the plan is I mean that's that's true for everything yeah yeah for sure um so then another thing that I I, on my brain a bunch so like what was your method of feeding after birth and did it change feeding the baby yes um I thought I was going to be like a beautiful walking in the field, (laughs) breastfeeding mother, you know, as, as they are on Instagram with the hats and, uh, (laughs) um, the long skirts. Yeah. So, so when they handed her to me, you know, out when she came out, um, they handed her to me, she latched on my boob. I was like, look at me, I'm a goddess. And then they (laughs) swooped her to the NICU Oh yeah. and they were like, okay, like every two hours or whatever it was, go down and breastfeed her. And I was, especially that first day, I was so delirious Mm -hmm. that I didn't, 
I would go and visit her, but I wouldn't breastfeed. Mm -hmm. And then I would try to breastfeed in the NICU. And I just like, couldn't, there was like crying happening. It just, it wasn't my brain, like wasn't working to do it. And my boobs weren't working. So then, um, when we got back, when we got home, I did all the things, there's like nipple shields you can wear to get them to latch. She would scream like I was torturing her. Right. Well, then she got the taste of formula and she was like, this is easier, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So then we, then I did pumping and I got like, I had the wall pump and that made me miserable because I was attached to the wall for hours a day. So then I got the wireless pump, but like it just, we had to supplement my formula anyways. And then finally, I think at three months of me crying, this, this was like the heart, like just, I felt like, um, I failed Mm -hmm. and guilty and all this stuff because there's the whole like breast is best campaign. I finally just gave into formula and I actually talked to a lactation consultant that I went to college with. And she was like, I use formula and I'm a lactation consultant. I'm like, Oh, and then the more people I talk to the more and like whatever works, but I couldn't believe that I got wrapped up in the, uh, propaganda that there was something wrong with me. And then the best perk about it was second, she was full formula edibles, weed, all my favorite (laughs) wine, all my favorite thing. I got it all back. (laughs) My boobs stopped leaking. So whatever works. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then also your husband was able to chime in with the feedings then. Oh yeah. We would like, and we still do this to this, you know, we take turns like every night, one of us puts her every other night, one of us gives her a bath and puts her to bed every other morning. One of us wakes up every, like Mm -hmm. whoever did the nighttime thing, will do the midnight feeding. Like it, we are completely 50, 50. Mm-hmm. And so I actually take that for me personally, breastfeeding, not working. I'm, I'm almost somewhat grateful, I guess, because I, right. I would have gotten really resentful if I was doing all that work after doing all the work. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, when does it end? <laughs> right. So no, yeah, I definitely, especially, I mean, I think I had this mentality prior, but like talking to everyone who I have through this podcast, I just feel like you got to do what works best for you. And if, if you're like, I love breastfeeding, I want to breastfeed all day and all night, then that's, you do that. Yeah. And then if you don't, then just don't. Cause you know, whatever breast is best. Another book by Emily Oster, the same person who wrote expecting better. She wrote crib sheet, which is a parenting version. And she's a economy professor, economics professor. She goes through all the data and does not find anything like significantly different between individuals who were breastfed and those who were formula fed. Yeah. I mean, as long as the baby is growing and is happy, yeah. It's all that matters. Well, the mom's got to be happy too, because how are you oh, going to yeah. do your job? A hundred percent. Yeah. And dad too. Him too. I guess. I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's, so now that she's eight months, what's your method of feeding now? What does she eat? She, um, she's doing two, sometimes three solids meals a day. Um, mostly, well, now all this stuff came out about the jars. Yeah. Yeah. So we were doing like organic jars at first, Mm -hmm. even though the plan was always to make all the baby food at home. And again, it's a pandemic. Why? But 
you know, I should have all the time in the world to be like, I'm growing my own vegetables and blending yeah, no. them, but you know, you get tired. Uh, but anyway, since the jars thing happened, now I am making her food and it's actually extremely easy to like throw a banana and avocado in a blender and give it to mm-hmm. them. Um, so yeah, about two, three meals of solids and then bottles still. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And she cool. pretty much likes eating everything except for salmon. And then did you do the, did you have a list of the foods with high allergen levels and then like expose her to one of those a week or whatever? Oh yeah. And she, she I did. mean, I guess we did like we did the almond butter, we mm-hmm. did eggs. I forget what else is on there. It's like Nothing. cow's milk. Oh, um, well there's, but isn't there cow's milk in her formula? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so like, that's the only thing that I read, like be cautioned about, like, this is the allergy list. So it's like introduce one of those a week in case there is an allergic reaction, you can determine which one. But your pediatrician, yes. that's the thing too, is I, mm-hmm. I researched so much about like what to do with them when they're here. Mm-hmm. Our pediatrician has given us like step-by-step instructions for oh, everything. Good. So I would say one of the the main things if you can do is just get a good pediatrician. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. Um, so both you and your husband are comedians and the audience knows that my husband is a comedian. So I'm wondering like, when did you, or have you gone back to work? You guys are in California now. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, is Will doing any stand up? Are you doing any stand up? No. I mean, we do occasional online stuff, but okay. Will, Will had a few writing jobs, Mm -hmm. um, that were all from home remote. Nice. I had like a couple of one-off, like, you know, articles or like online things, but everything has been from home. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we've had a very flexible schedule. Cause even when he was doing the writing jobs from home, it was reduced hours and he was here if there was an emergency. Right. Yeah. So then if there had not been a pandemic, do you think that it seems like you both would have been able to go right back to stand up or does that seem like it would have been a challenge? I, I honestly don't even know how to answer that question because it's in a, it almost, it very much worked in my favor, but not really like, I like my job. I, but even before I was pregnant, I hated the going out at night part. I've Mm -hmm. just, as I've gotten older, I've just been like, fuck, can I do this at like four? Like I (laughs) start shutting off at eight. Yeah. And, uh, so it kind of got chosen for me. And now I'm in this place where like, I don't know for me to leave my kid at night. I mean, I guess she's going to be sleeping, so it'll be different, but like it's definitely, I'm going to be more selective about what I do with my time. Mm-hmm. So maybe I would have gone back to it. I don't think it would have been immediately, but it, it would definitely be in a more, um, you know, selective way. Right. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and then my last question for you, another big thing on my mind is we've mentioned it a bunch of times. There's a global pandemic and how has it been having a baby during a pandemic? Like, what did you have a list of rules? Have you had visitors? Do you do events? No. Um, I mean, no rules like for her. I mean, we, 
my sister and my husband's brother were able to visit because mm-hmm. uh, they live near you. No, or no, no, no. Live they far. live across. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, no. Uh, Will's brother is in Seattle, so that's not too far from Los okay. Angeles. My sister's in Boston, so she flew cross country, and that was tricky because, like, you know, she got tested before she came. She right. wore pretty much. I mean, she looked ridiculous. She wore like a full on hazmat suit on the plane. And then when she got here, we're like, all right, like we're going to get you tested. But then like the test wouldn't even matter because right. the information kept changing. So we're like, okay, well, like you're just going to wear a mask in the house the whole time. And then like after, like it just, yeah, you kind of get, I am sure I sound like an asshole, but no, like no, her, I- like with her, not that we were like willing to take a risk, but it was, I'm trying to, I think it was two months after she was born. And the whole fact that like my mom who like hasn't been on the plane since 2001, I think mm-hmm. was going to actually fly out and stay with it. Like I was so devastated and disappointed that nobody could come that mm-hmm. when my sister did come, I was like, I just, I'm going to hug you. I don't like take my right. baby, you know, and mm-hmm. luckily it was all good. I mean, we were still cautious, you know, she, right. she wore a mask whenever she held the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've had friends come to the yard. We're lucky that we can be outside here again, wear a mask, you know, wash your hands kind of thing. Um, but I mean, we have neighbors with a baby. So like she's seen other babies. That's good. We go for walks every day. Um, she FaceTimes with her grandparents, both sets every single day, which hmm. gets exhausting because it's a screen, <laughs> but like right. it brings everyone joy. She's just, I feel bad because she probably thinks her parents are iPads. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. you know, so yeah, it's been, um, it's been weird, but I don't know any other way of having a baby. Right. Yeah. That's how I keep thinking maybe I'd be more disappointed if this was my second baby. Cause I'd know what I was missing out on. Yeah. But yeah. Like Mike hasn't been able to go to a single appointment. Um, yeah, that's that part sucked. Yeah. Um, and he, it just doesn't, he, for me, I was like, Oh, well they're kind of short and the ultrasound short and most of it's relevant to me, like blood pressure and taking my blood or something. But he's, he's voiced it a couple of times. Like he would have liked to have that opportunity. And so, um, that's like a challenge. And then also I'm having a virtual baby shower on Sunday and it's just just like, you know, it's just like, everything is a, I, I don't know what it would have been like to have a, the wedding I planned or to have an in-person shower or to have my husband at every appointment. So it's like, I don't really know what I'm missing out on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, same. We were really lucky. We had a a virtual shower for like our, our family and friends out of town, but then we were able to do like a drive by Mm -hmm. pop by the lawn kind of thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. And then I also have anxiety about when it all ends because I'm almost like used to it now. Right. Yeah. It's strange. Yeah. I'm definitely, so I'm glad because I'm a speech therapist and I used to work crazy hours all day, multiple jobs, like in a school and a clinic and houses. Um, and then like you mentioned, you just get like a bit pickier and you prioritize different types of jobs. And that's what I did. And, um, 
whereas now I'm fully virtual, that was never an opportunity prior to this. So I feel thankful like that I got to be pregnant in this way and not yeah. be running all around Brooklyn and Manhattan to oh yeah give speech therapy until I'm like especially now I feel like pretty big yeah <laughs> I mean I have I have a theory I don't know if this is correct but I would love to see data on <laughs> kids born during this time to mm-hmm. see if there's any personality similarities because we have a pretty happy like chill baby um mm-hmm. which you know i i guess i should learn to take credit half credit for that but i do wonder if it's because most of her life in you know both inside of me and outside of me has only been around good vibes yeah, yeah. when i was pregnant like i wasn't at like shows with people you know i couldn't stand or right. you know arguing with people in this i mean i would yell at people who weren't wearing a mask but like you know <laughs> i wasn't around any drama i was pretty much just home nesting yeah yeah and i I I imagine that had an effect on her. Yeah. I feel pretty mellow. I don't have any stress really in my life right now. I guess sometimes I get a little annoyed over unsolicited advice, but uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, I'm pretty chill. So maybe hopefully. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So I really appreciate you doing this podcast. I mean, it was really enlightening for me, especially that whole inducing string. I'm going to be, oh, yeah. I mean, look out for that. <laughs> you, can, you can do it. You can, it's, okay. it's not to scare anyone who gets into Definitely, yeah, no. you know, yeah. I don't even remember it. Yeah. But it's the warning that I like. I like, yeah. you know, I like, <laughs> and I, I don't even, I'm glad that you didn't know the name because then I'd be like, I don't remember the name but now I have a visual representation of it yeah I yeah. got it yeah cool. so yeah thanks again for doing this podcast sure. and everyone check out her other two podcasts should I get bangs and hopefully we don't break up yeah thank you <laughs> Unexpected podcast is recorded and produced by Deborah Brooks and is sponsored by the Sit Down with Microscene podcast, SLP's Wine and Cheese podcast, and the Dad Show with Microscene podcast. For more unexpected content, head over to www.patreon.com slash Deborah Brooks CCC SLP. If you love the show, I'd appreciate a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Thanks again, and I'll see you next week.